0: Welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora, and this is my co-host, Marie Wallace. Hello. We're super excited to be here with you today and to talk about how to become or how to practice being a healthy partner? Now, that's a lifelong adventure. It isn't is, it? <laughs> and it's a great follow-up to what we've talked about the last couple of weeks because we've really set the foundation with what we don't want, right? We don't want, um, or at least you and I don't want, not necessarily yeah, that everyone like doesn't want, but we don't want a hierarchy, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about how to create something different than a hierarchy, something. That is more collaborative and partnership oriented. I like it. And I think that that is a far different paradigm than what we're used to. So we really need to have this conversation about what does that look like? How do we create that? So um, let's let's dig in. I think, you know, first of all, we need to take the steps that we've shown the last couple of weeks to determine, You know, what is the programming we've had that impacts our relationships? How can we get clear about how we have made choices in accordance with that programming? What we want to keep from it and what we don't want to keep. I think that that is really paramount to being a healthy partner is really understanding yourself and being aware of where you came from. Super, super important. And what you want? <laughs> yep. And that was going to be the next <laughs> thing I was going to say: is knowing yourself enough yeah. to know what your values are. What do you desire? what What type of partner do you want? Often we're stuck in this um, this paradigm, thinking that we're more concerned about how we are attractive to someone else mm. versus what is attractive to me. Mm-hmm. What is something I want to invite into our relationship? Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about just the clarity of self and knowing you know, what you want and what that process looks like? Well, you know, if I know what I want and what I value, I can focus on that and more so than what I don't want. I mean, it, it just helps me move forward and I can communicate that better to my partner. And I, I just think that's the healthy part of a relationship. Just if I don't know what I want, then... My partner is constantly guessing and trying to throw a dart to hit a target that they will miss because um, I, it, it just happens a lot in, in the work that I do where um, they're like, mm, I'm not really sure what I want right now, which is very valid. It's just taking the time to, to sit down and get to know ourselves at the level so that we're not guessing what we want as well right Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just helps a lot for us to um be able to ask for what we want and you know it's real important if we if we are able to speak up with what we want then we make sure that we um anyway what i was trying to say (laughs) um, was knowing what we want makes it easier to communicate and to speak up and then know what to Fight for too, like I mean, I don't mean like this kind of fighting, but when you you have competing values, knowing what I want more so than and than something else, then I can go, okay, this is more important to me than this. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I think this is a crucial part to me because um, the cost is really great if we miss this step, and many of us do. um, And this is where we get to really learn from our mistakes, right? If I Am unclear about what I value most in a relationship um, and I can't clearly define what I'm looking for then I'm very likely to accept whatever comes along and try to make it work and then what I often find in the relationship work that I've done with other people is when we've missed this step and you're working with two people who have very different values and they don't have um, a union of, um, you know, future dreams yeah. and and values and integrity that matches, or um, gender roles that match, or any of that. Or experts that match. When <laughs> it's missing, family values, discipline, all of those big things, finances, um, and those aren't matching, then we have a real problem. And what often happens is people are then they try to make it work mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to fit this these puzzle pieces together that don't don't match don't fit and it it makes a lot of misery mm-hmm. and so a lot of those relationships are you know i'm not the type of coach that will try to help you keep forcing it i'm yeah. <laughs> um, not that one either. i I think that that is, you know, when we get wise enough to go, oh man, we have some, some values that don't match. It's not a matter of saying you're bad and I'm good. You're right. I'm wrong. Whatever. Um, It's a matter of just saying this is not a fit. You deserve someone who has the same interests in life, like the same values, the same direction you're going. You deserve that. And I deserve that. And this isn't working. So instead of both people being unsatisfied and trying to compromise, which is to me kind of a dirty word, um, because you should be in a partnership where you're complimented, not where you're having to actually limit what your potential is and what your dreams are for the sake of the relationship. I believe that's actually um, a reversed way of, you know what a relationship is meant to do the purpose of a relationship is meant to empower you it's meant to support you in better pursuing your dreams in better being your potential not something that's hindering you so you know if you've already gotten past that step and you haven't clarified what you want and you're like oh shit this is where we're at and we're not matching that's a real valid problem um and for those of you who have not gotten into a relationship yet this is a really important step that you should not miss right because it's it's not pleasant from my own experience it's not pleasant to get into a relationship down the road and then you know all of a sudden have clarity that you know we have very different values mm-hmm. um and maybe I should take a moment to define that, too. Like, what, what does it look like when values don't match? Yeah. Um, so for me, values that didn't match, um, I'm very clear today that, you know, and I've used this, this example many times, that I, I live a sober life. That's valuable to me. Um, it's valuable to me to have a partner who's also committed to a substance-free lifestyle and um so if that isn't determined very early on in the relationship where I've been yeah. in relationships where that becomes a big issue um that can be you know such a big rift um we can talk about finances you have somebody who believes no debt right and then maybe you have somebody who is more um, frivolous or, or risky <laughs> maybe yeah. they want to take big risks with their money maybe they want to make big investments and they're all in to certain things that are a lot more risky that could be an issue um, I I just went to a mediation conference and we talked a little bit about uh, finances and relationships and it was astounding to me how many relationships entered mediation so they're starting the divorce process and that is the first time they have discussed finances I've seen that, too. I'm Incredible. Excited. Or, they're, like you were saying, they're busy trying to match them so hard. Um, I've done some value exercises with, um, with women who try to make their current partner fit their list instead of really taking the time to get to know who they are, because you're going to be unhappy. If you're t- trying to fit that partner into your list, mm-hmm. Or or vice versa, you make the list after you meet your person, and you're trying to mesh that. It, it, it just it it does make for a lot of misery, and it doesn't mean that you can't grow into it. Um But again, if you're, I'm I'm in agreement with Jillian about the compromise. There is compromise, but it it's not in that defined way, the old paradigm where it's like above all else, you're compromising to the you know, to the nth degree um, to to stay in the relationship. and We've talked about that before too, where the loyalty to the relationship is higher than both people being happy. So um, there's ways to to compromise that it's not to the extremes of giving up both parties what they want and desire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Having enough matches of your top values is really what what you're looking for well and you know um like we've talked about the last couple of weeks if you have someone who is really invested in the old traditional hierarchy paradigm and you have someone who's really wanting a partnership yeah that that's is not very a much a setup for a lot of misery and heartache um you know you may get into a relationship where you're in love and everything is happy and joyful and then at some point, you're going to hit that, you know, that crossroad where he says, well, I said for you to do it this way. Yeah. And then you're in this, you know, situation where, well, I, I don't want to take orders. I want to be an equal. I, I want a partnership. And all of a sudden you realize that, you know, love does not cover all value differences. It really doesn't. Um and that, that was a huge uh, belief shift for me. Um, thinking I could love enough to change any problem kept me very stuck in a lot of toxic relationships. Um, it's not a matter of your love not being good enough or, or being strong enough. Um, it's, it's a matter of it, it being a totally different issue. Your values are your values. Um, and they are not changed by whether or not you love each other. So I think that's that's worth saying. Cause I know that that, that contributed to a, a lot of years of heartache for me. Um, really, just thinking that I needed to love harder uh, to overcome some of these things where you know really we were just operating from a, a very different set of beliefs. Um, what are some other big ones? Discipline with children, yeah. be a big one. I also think. Um, just uh, the red flags to like not being able to speak up. If you're seeing that, that you're in this partnership and you're not able to speak about what you want or need, or, um, if something is not resonating with you, then that's kind of a flat. I was just thought we could talk about flags too. What do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, that, that still is part of the, um, a hierarchy paradigm. So, exactly. You know, if you're seeing someone who's really invested in dominating and invested in telling you what you should do and being very possessive, all of those things are just indicators yeah. that you're dealing with someone who is um, still thinking that, you know, they want to be a part of this old hierarchy paradigm. And as we've talked about before, this isn't something that's like it's somebody's fault. They're a bad person for um, believing that they're meant to be dominant, that they're meant yeah. to be in charge. It's a programming that we've had for millennia. So it, it makes a lot of sense why they might have that programming and why we might have that programming. But we also get to expand beyond that. So it's something to be aware of. Um, Not something to demonize someone for, but maybe to say this just isn't a match Mm -hmm. Um, or even just presenting them with um, the new, the new way, you know, I, I don't want to operate in this paradigm where someone is in charge, um, where someone is dominant and someone is submissive Mm -hmm. where someone wins and someone loses. I want to be in this new mindset where we both win Mutually and we support each other. And yeah. And if them it's them. not a win-win, then it's not, Yeah, it doesn't. I'm only for win-wins. <laughs> I was also thinking about shared responsibility that comes up a lot in relationships where um, one partner might be doing more than another. And, and, and you have to keep reevaluating that because as circumstances change, you know, or, Um, other responsibilities. Maybe you have a more demanding job now or whatever the situation, that's always evolving and changing. And so making sure that um, you're both sharing responsibilities. And sometimes that looks like you map out. These are all the responsibilities for this family to run. And, And then going, okay, let's, you know, divvy this up. Even if sometimes you might have chosen to take a more demanding job it doesn't mean that you're excluded from responsibilities altogether it's just it, the ratio might look different or the, you, you have to find a way that there's an equal energy exchange I love that I I'm all for um, regular check-ins I love check-ins, and I'm all for. Um, I I do this myself. I write out all of the responsibilities. I mean, that's what you do in a in a job, in exactly. a business. <laughs> Why would you run your household any differently? Um, I I or give a free pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you don't just. Uh, it just seems bizarre to me that so many households are run by you know you just you just. Jump in and do it and there's no communication about who's doing what and that's bound and all there is awesome. is resentment And, yeah, and it's unspoken and he should just know no 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 they don't know <laughs> they don't put it on paper This is what we have to do. This is these are the things that need to be done to make our household run What do you want to do? What do I want to do? Um, it's it's very mutual. It's a discussion It's there's no assumptions about well, you have to do that because yeah. you're a man or you're a woman This is what we need done. How are we going to do this? How are we going to accomplish this task? And um, I find that to be very collaborative and much more fulfilling. And I love it too when families will do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be just couples, but it can be the family Mm -hmm. where you all are seeing, oh, wow, that's a lot that needs to get done because very often the assumption is You know, mom's got it all up here. Yep. And so she's just doing, and they're like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Right? But when you actually put it on paper, and everybody sees what work there is to be done, and then you can put the ball in their court and say, how do you think this should get divided? Mm -hmm. And then their minds get to be part of the problem solving. And they can feel good about contributing. Because really, we Mm -hmm. deep down, we all want to contribute and be a part of it. It empowers the whole family, everyone in the family. Um, and going back to your check-ins, we called them family meetings. And at first, everybody hated it. But in the end, everyone was like, oh, I like it. Because then your everyone's needs and wants in that whole um, family gets heard and seen. And, and they're valued as individuals. And they're having con- contributions and some some control I mean, you know, um, controls a, a, a harsh word, but but even little ones want some choice, yeah, in in things. And so when you said that about laying it out so people can see what there is and having some choice in that, it, it, it just empowers even the littlest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it can be a real eye opener too. Like I think contribution feels different. If you have someone saying dishes are your job and you need to do them, (laughs) that feels so different than here's all the family um, responsibilities. Here's what needs to be done to run this house. Um, How do you think we should divide this? Then it really gets them engaged in a different way that I've seen to be really impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does feel more fulfilling to contribute. Um, But I mean, that's, you know the the responsibilities portion. I also think you know check-ins for me run deeper than that because it yeah. might be okay. Here's the the housekeeping check-in. Here's but there's the finances. also the finances. Where are we at on our savings goals? Mm-hmm. What are our biggest priorities? Is there something that needs more attention? Is there you know a new vet bill or a dental a bill? Thing. Or, you know, <laughs> is there something that's now pressing? You know, how do we both feel about this? Um, there's trust issues, you know, it really hurt my feelings when mm. you said this or that. Check-ins are great for feelings and, yeah, seeing where people are at. I'm feeling disconnected, like I'm not getting very much time with you. Can we change our schedule a little bit? Um, it's that problem solving piece that we often do far too late in the game. And if we were to sit down and just have, you know, every Sunday we sit down and we have these little meetings, um, it's before it becomes escalated. It's before it becomes a big thing. Yeah, right um, Because when it becomes a big thing, then you're coming to me and <laughs> Exactly <laughs> and you can solve those things um, Generally on your own if you have a healthy partnership now I do want to I do want to say you know, no check-in in the world is going to fix Something if That's broken <laughs> well, if you have two people that you know One person is not committed to talking and they're committed to having their own way. No matter what um, It's not going to work that isn't a partner or not committed to sharing their feelings about things yeah. or not committed to communicate. Being honest being honest. Yeah integrity is super important. Yeah, but if you have two people that are very invested in creating a marriage that is key. That is a prerequisite. You have to have that. If you have two people that are invested in having a healthy marriage, if you have two people who are invested in being honest, invested in a win-win outcome, right? These are all key pieces. If you don't have these pieces, a check-in is going to do nothing for you. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, if you have somebody that shows up that, you know, They're going to discuss, but they still want to win or, um, they're going to discuss, but they really don't want to be there because they really don't give a shit or, you know, (laughs) drive them there, or they're just going to fake it until it's over. You know, those things, it's not constructive. You're, you're just going to waste more breath in that conversation. Um, so it really requires two people to be engaged, um, I've often heard people claim that it takes uh, two to have a divorce. It it takes two to have a fight. I actually really uh, disagree. I think it takes two to have a marriage. And it only takes one to have a divorce. It takes one person deciding to have a divorce when it's over. But it takes two people to decide that they want to have a partnership and a marriage. And I've seen far too many people... Torn up by guilt and shame because they think that they could have done something more, but in reality, they bent over backwards and and gave years of their life trying to fix something that one person alone could not fix. So, um, if you're in that position, you know, let me assure you, let us both assure you that um, that it's not your fault if you've tried and tried and tried to mend a relationship. You know, a relationship takes. Two people, two people that are engaged, two people that are committed. Yeah, growing and thriving are—it's it, two people for that. It's it can't grow if if both people aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. yeah. But have those meetings, like how I—I really do feel you know when you're in a place, when you're in a position where you have two people that love each other, and you know you're just married or you're you've just started a relationship, and you do have people, two people that are. Likely very invested in this relationship working out. This is when to start having those check-ins and those conversations. When things are good, not when mm-hmm. you've already started the arguments, right? Um, these conversations it's the are the process that we, you know that we started this with. That's the practice. The practice is, is having conversations and and checking in and and seeing you know what 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 well and what didn't. So that when the big problems, like you said, we call them coffee chats because ours is usually over coffee. Dinner's a really good time because you're you're all there together. So, yeah, it's just that committed practice. So you're committed to practicing what it's like to have those conversations. And then when it doesn't quite go well, then you can work out the bugs there, right? Yep. And for me, I know like I've always been a list maker, but I, I literally me like too. to have an agenda. <laughs> like, oh last yep. time we talked about, you know, this was our financial goal. Are we still good with that? Maybe not. Maybe we want something else. But And kids helpful. love putting things on the agenda too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about this toy. <laughs> well, or what you know, this problem with their yeah. sibling it, it's really great. I don't want to share my room anymore and you're actually teaching your kids how to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. with each other and with you yes and the reality is there is nothing unhealthy about conflict there is healthy conflict and there is unhealthy conflict and so when we have a container like a check-in or a family meeting when we have a container for healthy conflict that really helps us avoid the unhealthy conflict that is inevitable, right? If if we don't have these check-ins where people can communicate their grievances and their concerns in a way that is healthy and constructive, then eventually that will come out it in unhealthy ways. Yeah. And when you teach your family, even if you don't have children, it could just be a partnership. But especially with kids. When you are teaching them to have regular conversations that may be difficult, they will take those skills into their next relationships, and they will take those skills into their family and their workplace and their school. Very good point. Yeah. So, you know, you can make such a profound difference in your your family's life as you um, teach them how to have healthy conflict. That's a huge part. Of, um, and then, then it party ripples party. out. Just saying, I've seen. I used to be a teacher, and I've seen kids that have healthy skills that go and teach other kids how to do that. So you're actually changing the world, starting with your family. Yep. And I think this is this is a good point to bring up. Um, boundaries, the importance of boundaries oh, yeah. in um, in relationships is a really important thing because we often will assume that you know boundaries we have with people outside of our family or maybe at the beginning of a relationship, and often they they uh, kind of make their way out once we get into relationships because people become exceptions, and this is this becomes a big problem when. I say, well, normally I wouldn't let someone get away with this, but because they are whatever, spouse, child, whoever, then they get a pass. And I find this to be really unhealthy and contribute to um, a lot of toxic patterns. So there always gets to be a consequence associated with a boundary. So if something is very, very important to you, let's say privacy. Your privacy is very important to you then that gets to be something that you protect um, that gets to be something that you clearly communicate that you require it to be um, boundaries are requirements not requests That is a, a very big distinction and um, so here's a requirement and when this requirement is broken then this is the consequence that happens um, and we often really don't like that because boundaries are one of the most courageous things I've ever had to do because it means they're non-negotiables. It means you might no lose one, Yep, you might lose. And, and even people you really, really don't want to lose, right. you might have to be willing to lose in order to keep your standards, in order to keep your boundaries. Um, what I... What I realized was that either my standards are negotiable or my relationships are. Now, what I have found, you know, the good news in that is that even though I have let go of a lot of people, I have also attracted people who have been more than happy to um, to, be to there honor my standards them. and for me to honor their standards. And, and so I've invited in a lot of healthier relationships. So. It's not like it's all loss and you're always going to be alone, not at all. Um, But you will really find where people's values are. And sometimes it is not a priority to honor your standards. And when you see that, um, you get to choose. We all get that moment of choice where we choose to honor our own standards and our own self-respect. Or we choose the relationship over those standards. Well, and know this, the outcome is happiness. Right, so choosing people that come into our space that are honoring of us, um, it it it's a happier relationship than constantly going back to what we were talking about earlier, struggling and fighting and and all of that. It it and trust that the universe brings in those people that are a match for you, mm-hmm. and and there's not just loss. I just want to reemphasize you saying that because. Yes, we've both lost very dear people to us. However, we've invited some incredibly amazing relationships. And and our outcome is a lot happier life, a thriving life. Yeah. And, yeah, thriving relationships. Because um, the reality is it's about radical honesty. Yeah. So, you know, when I say here, here are the requirements to... know respect me um i feel like i should give some examples um so let's say demeaning okay so in order to have access to me in any way in any relationship a boundary i have is that uh, there's no demeaning conversation meaning no one's calling me names that's that's a big uh, non-negotiable i don't call people names they don't call me names Um, there's no threats of hostility ever. Um, so those, those are really big boundaries for me that are not crossed no matter what. So I don't care if you are an immediate family member, a spouse. Um, I don't, I don't care if you're Jesus. (laughs) You don't get to speak to me that way, period. Um, so those, those non-negotiables are the things that become, um really clear indicators where I'm at with my own self-respect because that means if I say that and I I've now said that on air, uh, so I'm accountable to everyone here, right? So if Marie then calls me a name, I'm held accountable to that. I either you either watch I'm out. me betray <laughs> myself yeah. and my boundaries, or I uphold them, which means that I will change the relationship so that I am not then able to be abused, right? right? So um, if if Marie started calling me names, that relationship would get to change or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, Any relationship um, in my life would be that way. So that's an example of a a boundary. Um, That could be physical violence. That could be uh, someone who doesn't respect your space. Someone that feels entitled to um your time or your property or your Money. resources. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those things are uh very telling about your own self-worth because I know for me it, it's been very hard at times to make that choice to choose me when I'm like, damn it, I said I said I was only available for relationships that didn't yeah. you know, have demeaning. Hold yourself accountable. Um, communication, yes, it's an accountability thing. So, um, but that's that's very very telling with self worth and the way that we practice our self worth, right? Mm-hmm. Practice having self worth. It's very connected to this idea of boundaries, and so it's very vital in a partnership that we both know this, right? Even in a friendship. So I can mm-hmm. use this example again. Like it actually builds our relationship when Marie knows that I respect myself enough to let her go or to change the relationship mm-hmm. if she treats me badly, that isn't yeah. uh, that isn't a, a bad thing for our relationship. I know that if I held off and smacked Marie, that yeah. wouldn't fly. Not and, at all. And that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's healthy for our relationship. So having those non-negotiables, having those boundaries in place, um, is being an empowered partner and it is actually empowering for the other person as well. Do you want to add to that? It just helps us navigate and and move in the relationship. And honestly, it comes with ease, right? Because once you have those in place, you definitely know how to move and operate in the relationship. And the only other thing I wanted to add was when I have integrity with myself, then I have integrity in the relationship. That's also, um, a very, it's a good thing to practice even on small things. Right. Um, so that's practicing that radical honesty. I, you know, I'm honoring my promises to myself. Um, yeah, it just helps me in my relationships and sometimes it's hard to be radically honest in our relationships. It's, it takes a lot of courage and strength and, and wherewithal and yeah it's, it's just yeah. imperative if you want that kind of relationship that you, that is honoring of everyone and that's mutual and supportive and collaborative it's just imperative that you're honest yeah and I think you know just as much as you know we talk about having the discernment for having a safe relationship and knowing if it's safe it's also us that gets to create a safe Mm -hmm. relationship to it's a two ways it's our responsibility and it has a lot to do with honesty it has a lot to do with you know i'm willing to put all my cards on the table even if even if we decide that because of that we're going to split ways even Mm -hmm. if that becomes not a match right and it's also saying i i want to know your heart i want to know your desires I want to know all of the honest parts of you even if that means We end up not like my priority is for you to be happy with or without me Mm -hmm. just as much as your priority is for me to be happy and fulfilled and in my calling Mm -hmm. More than the relationship and that to me is where I have found the true love in a partnership Mm -hmm. and a relationship is that we both um, we both want so fully for each other to love ourselves more mm-hmm. than each other. We want each other to love ourselves and to be healthy and to be well way more than the relationship. And that's what builds intimacy. Mm-hmm. If you want true intimacy, that that's how you get that. Yep. And that's in friendships too. Mm-hmm. You know, that that really supersedes all relationships where true love for me is when I desire that someone else is happy and fulfilled and in their element, even if that means saying no to me. Mm-hmm. That is love. Right? Mm-hmm. That is the ability to say, it's not about me only. Oh, and that's definitely unconditional love, yes. which we've talked about, right? I want you to be happy no matter what it means, you know, for me. Yep. Or vice versa. Yep. So I think that's a fantastic question. I match. think Hang it on. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here with this uh, huge topic. Um, I do have a, a workshop that will be unleashing in the next couple of months called Becoming an Empowered Partner. And that will be uh, several weeks um, of content and it, I really believe it's going to be phenomenal. I'm actually co-hosting that with a conference coach and um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I think it's going to be really great if you want to go deeper into this particular topic. Um, um, I wanted to tell Mandy that I'll get you a little family meeting format because that will, it, it's it's really nice to have like a general outline of how to do that. Okay. I, next yep next week is oh masculine self-care which is great we've talked about tos- toxic masculinity we've talked about patriarchal um, systems and now we get to talk about masculine self-care which is something that isn't often talked about and i'm really excited to do that so um if you would like to comment any of your uh, questions or if you'd like to be anonymous in uh maybe some discussion with us, you're welcome to reach out via email. You can find me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie, Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we welcome your conversations. Yeah, and, and you, questions. Can, you can also find us in our Facebook group, Braveheart Conversations. You can find any of our past episodes there. Uh, you can jump in with any discussions um, and we'd we'd love to have any feedback from you. Um, I missed anything. I have a retreat. Yes, retreat, retreat. Um, in September, we have a retreat coming up. So please don't miss it. If you enjoy talking about these particular topics, it's going to be very much about undoing some of the programming that we have had as women and reclaiming our own authority so that we can be better partners and we can be better human beings in this world on this planet because we have a lot of power that's been pent up for a long time so if you are ready to unleash that goddess within then uh, please join us Um, we've got a course that corresponds with that as well if you'd like to go even more in depth you can find any of this information and registration information on my website at jillianaurora.com and if you click on signature programs you'll find all the information you need so Marie, do you have anything to add to that? Okay. No, we just love to have you. We're just, you know, find the divinity in yourself too. It's just so or expanded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have some fun, juicy stuff we're gonna do. Yes, we do. And I, I'm really excited. I think, you know, Marie fills in all of the the soft uh, spiritual areas that, that I'm so much more harsh. So I, I just think that we end up being such a good blend. blend. I'm, I'm a, the truth teller and and she's going (laughs) to give you a little bit of comfort along the way. (laughs) There you go. So, um, anyway, please check us out if you are interested and we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I hope that you all have a fantastic week and we will see you again next Thursday. Bye -bye. Bye Bye everyone.